Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome to Behind the Braves, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. In Braves country, we are so excited for you to meet our new proud sponsor, Billy Reed. Now, Billy is an award-winning fashion designer who is redefining global style from his home base in the Shoals in Alabama. He is also a diehard baseball fan who grew up cheering on the Braves, and he offers a line of Atlanta-inspired hats, t-shirts, and accessories that embody the soul of our city. Billy and his team craft luxurious, made-in-the-USA shirts, denim, and more, all with a timeless modern style that will have you wearing them again and again. Experience them for yourself at his two Atlanta shops, one in Buckhead and one at White Provisions, or discover them online at BillyReed.com. That's BillyReed, R-E-I-D.com. Welcome, Braves country, to Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed, the official podcast of the Atlanta Braves. I'm Ricky Mass from MLB.com, alongside Director of Braves alumni Greg McMichael. And we have, you know, the term fan favorite gets bandied about with players, certain players on every team, every sport. There's always those guys that just kind of become a fan favorite. And I think we have the epitome of that with today's guest, Peter Moylan. Of course, longtime Braves relief pitcher, current and Analyst on Fox Sports South and Southeast, uh, just a really funny guy. He's the guy that the, he just ingratiated himself immediately with the fans back in 06 and 07 when he first came came up with the Braves. Or not came up with the Braves because he re- originally signed with the Twins in the late 90s out of Australia. And then, if you don't know the story, I, I imagine you probably do, but ended up was out of baseball back home in Australia, selling pharmaceuticals and all kinds of other stuff. There's there's it, he had quite a tale, quite a tale to tell about uh, how he ended up back here, but ended up making the 2006 World Baseball Classic Australia team, the first World Baseball Classic, and pitched really well, was getting big leaguers out, and that attracted the attention of the Braves. They signed him, and the rest is history. He had a long career as a relief pitcher and just hung it up. uh, Well, in the big leagues, last year was his last year, pitched in the Czech Republic this summer, which he talks about. Uh, But just a really funny guy and just a guy the fans have loved. They loved him all throughout his career. I still love every time he came into the game, I can hear ACDC cranking up and here he comes, and they'd have, they'd flash Moy, Moy, right. Moy up on Braves. Vision. Tattoos are blazing. I'm telling you, he's he's uh, he's a, quite a character. So now that he's uh, done with baseball and alum, you got to be excited to have him in the uh, the Braves alumni fold. I would think uh, he he's, lives in Atlanta, and 
uh, he's 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 a heck of a guy. Yeah, Pete's one of those uh, rare individuals. You know, kind of jealous. He's got the cool accent, um, so people want to hear him talk, and I want to hear him talk. I think he's he's a lot of fun. Very smart. Uh, had a great career. Twelve years played with um, the Braves, the Dodgers, the the Royals. I mean, pitched in 499 big league games. ERA lifetime ERA of 3.1. He had a heck of a career. And it was funny, we, we get into a little bit about um, just, you know, his pitching style and kind of how things have shifted and how it was easy to get a job early on. A lot of people interested in him. And then as we start to see the shift happens, and then, of course, he gets a little bit older, some injuries, which, you know, kind of happens to all of us. But um, I think he's no matter what he does, he's going to have a successful second career. And I, I'm always, obviously always interested in seeing um, my alumni trans, you know, transition well. And I think Pete's the guy, you know, the type of guy that he's going to do that. We've had some great discussions just, you know, as he was thinking about retiring and thinking about moving to his next career. We had some good discussions about that. And he's got a great head on his shoulder and, and um, he's going to do well no matter what he does. He works hard, and he's very even-keeled and and um, uh, very appreciative of what's gone on in his life and, and where how he ended up here in Atlanta. Absolutely, and uh, I think you're going to – I know you love seeing him on Fox Sports. Uh, he's been a great addition to that team this year. I've been monitoring it on social media, and I can tell <laughs> there that the, the fans absolutely love him yeah, there. And big smile. Huge smile, and, and again, I'm I'm the same as you. I just like listening to him talk. I'm jealous. that I, I've just got this dumb Virginia accent, and I don't have the cool Australian <laughs> accent. So let's get away from your Tennessee accent, my Virginia accent. Let's go to Peter Moylan uh, right now on Behind the Braves, presented by Billy Reed. Out of a good lead, and the pitch is banged back to the mound. Peter's got it. Second base for one. Ozzy made sure he had it. Double play, and that is the Peter Moylan we have known and loved. Well, uh, hey, Pete. Hi. Welcome to uh, Behind the Braves in the Alumni Lounge. Thanks for having me. This is great. Yeah, I mean, this is... Uh uh, this has been a lot of fun getting getting to know guys, and obviously you're just kind of wrapping up your career. Well, kind of, and we'll get into that a little bit. Okay. You're still dabbling, but um, uh, you are um, just having a good time right now, kind of finishing up, starting. you got a lot of stuff happening right now. Tell us what's going on in your world. Well, I came back from Europe. I was in Europe for a few months, as you know. Um, I, I, had a, I had made the plan to, to play this year, uh, that was my goal, and unfortunately wasn't able to get a job in the time that I was willing to allow myself to get a job, so uh, I started to look at other options, and one of the options was Europe, and I decided to go over there and spent three months over there pitching, starting, throwing 100 pitches a week, and then traveling the rest of the time, so it was, it was pretty cool. I saw a few pictures of you in the Czech Republic. So you're on one of the streets. It looks like cobblestone streets or yeah. something signing autographs. So yeah. were you like a rock star over there? Well, the problem was the first the first, uh, the first, first day that I was there, they released a newspaper article talking about how much money I'd earned <laughs> in my career. <laughs> and if you, know anything about, if you know anything about Czech Republic, they don't make a lot of money over there. So mm. for that number was thrown out straight away so uh, and plus the tattoos so that doesn't really give me a lot of a lot of uh breathing room when it comes to being able to hide yeah um but so rock star no but i was very recognizable mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah. Well, you weren't. Uh, Glasses are fogging up. Look at this. <laughs> wow. Traffic will do that to you. Oh, I know. No kidding, right? Yeah, yeah, Sprinting yeah. in here. Oh, my. Atlanta traffic kills me. Go ahead. At least we had. Uh, we didn't have the 95 degrees today in the humidity coming in. That's what I understand why I'm sweating. Well, at least they couldn't say crazy American is coming to check, right? Because right. You're from Australia. Now, pronounce the town that you're from. Um, it depends on which one you want to say. It's, it's been wrong in so many media guides. Les Murdy. Les Murdy is where Les I. Oh. How, would a, how would a hillbilly say that? Guy from Tennessee. Leave it to the guy from Tennessee to <laughs> nail it. I would have, I would have butchered, butchered it. So yeah. Les Murdy was one of those places where um, it's. I, I kind of grew. I, that's where I was during my high school years. I didn't grow up there. I grew up in Perth in Adderdale. Um But Les Murdy is where they put on uh, all the all the media guides, and uh, they also they also get. A lot, a lot of the information. I was 175 pounds when I came over here the second time, <laughs> which was the weight that I checked in at in rookie ball. <laughs> so yeah. there you go. So I'm looking at it. I'm going 175 pounds. I don't think I've been. Like, so, what is that gap? And I was doing? only six foot apparently when I came back over here the second time. Yeah. So <laughs> I shrunk three inches and, and I lost about 50 pounds when I came over here the second time. Um, but you know, the the media guide is one of those things that uh, which we don't have anymore. Kind of like Wikipedia. I guess you can just yeah. edit it as much as you want. That's so right. uh, there's still. Even as of last year, I, I don't want to name names, but uh, we were in the press box one day, and there was a guy. He was he was a pitcher, and we were looking at his his listed weight, and it, <laughs> it was at least fifty off. If, if that yeah. might be being generous, you can yeah. say who we're talking about. No, 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 I can't. <laughs> no, I don't want to. Don't want. Okay. I don't want to call anybody out. Uh, but yeah, I think that's still. Media guides are no media guides. Those, those well, rookie ball weights are still what they list and heights. I, think. I will say this: I, I played with Rafael Belliard, which helped us win the World Series. He was our defensive replacement, great defensive player, and he was always. He looked like he could have been my um, my older uncle, but uh, <laughs> he was always listed as like the same age as me. And I asked him after he retired, I said, "I said, Rafi, really, how old are you?" And he goes, and "He goes, well." Add three or four to whatever's in the media. Really? He admitted it. <laughs> no that. kidding. He admitted really? that. That's wow. crazy. Yeah. That was commonplace, though, back in the day. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, and I don't blame him. No, I, mean, I can't blame him. If you're coming over from, from the island and you're trying to trying to make a living and, and they ask you how old you are and it always is better to be younger than older, then I, agree. I don't. I don't blame them. But so Perth is on the other side of I've been to Melbourne. I've been to Sydney. I went there for one winter after baseball season and saw the Australian Open, which is gorgeous. And of course, my daughter lives in New Zealand. Wow. So uh, that's you're a long ways away from the big city. Um, Perth over there is on the other side. Perth's on the West Coast. But look, Perth's like a small retirement place. It's massive. It's the biggest. Western Australia is the biggest state in Australia as far as landmass goes, but it's got the least amount of population. Right. So they're on the other side of the country. Um, Perth, where I grew up, is is this little country town where everybody's happy, everybody's in a great mood, <laughs> the traffic's, everything's 20 minutes away. It doesn't matter how far you're going or where you're going, it's 20 minutes away. Um, and then I made the decision after I got released my first time to, to move to Melbourne. So, uh, And Melbourne is, is like a... It's a happy medium between Perth and Sydney, mm-hmm. I like to call it, because you've got, you can get in as much action as you want to get into, but you can also, you can hide away a mm-hmm. little bit. Um, it's like living out in Canton. It's, uh, you can, <laughs> you can come down and get amongst right. the, you can get amongst That's the trouble right. if you want to, but uh, yeah, you can. I haven't heard that analogy, uh, like Melbourne it. and Canton, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Food's a bit different in Canton, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I love Perth and, and it's one of those cities where I feel like I could probably retire there. Um, but I'm a long way off that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
How so, often are you able to go back over there? At least once a year, I try and get back there. Um, my 12-year-old still lives over there. Uh, I've got three daughters now. My oldest one is actually an au pair in New York. Um, so nice. she's over here on, on this side of the country. My middle daughter, she's still living with, with my ex-wife in Australia. Um, and so I, have to, I go back every every year to catch up with her. And, and she comes over here a couple of times as well. So, And then obviously my younger daughter lives with us. Nice. Mm. Yeah, and you've got... So how old's your, your youngest here? She's five. five she just started right. school. Wow, you're starting over. Man, I'm telling you, this... and. Um, I don't know what it is, but she's she's she went to school for a month and now she's reading. Like it's, <laughs> it kind of makes you think, what was I doing wrong for the first four and a half years that now she's gone to school for one month and she's already just outdone yeah. everything that that I tried to teach her in the first four and a half years. Yeah, yeah they really try to crank them out here and mm. get them get them going fast. Math. Yeah. I mean, they've got schools for you know extra schools and all that kind of stuff and it's kind of it's it's a, it's i've noticed that there's a bit of excess in this country or maybe the state but i just discovered the other day that there is under seven travel ball baseball teams that are nationally ranked mm. under seven six-year-olds <laughs> how do you nationally rank a six-year-old baseball team can you explain that to me? Best uniforms, uh, parents calling in cash, and just <laughs> throwing cash at these guys. That's right. Like here, yeah, well, it's, right. it's amazing. I want my kid ranked, so you better get him done. He's not going to get a college scholarship if you're not ranked as a six-year-old. I mean, what is that? Oh, I had the craziest experience. I had a training facility for a while, and I got the phone call one day, and uh, the, the uh, assistant said, "Hey, Greg, uh, this lady wants to talk to you about an all-year-round program for her son." And I go, "Okay, yeah," which you know wasn't you can't have a train facility unless it's open all year round so i'm thinking okay well maybe we'll do a little of this and you know we'll divide all up so she starts telling me about hey i'm getting ready to i I would i would like to send my son to the img academy down in florida and and do an all-year program but i really don't i'm not crazy about sending him off to to live with somebody else so can you put together a program for me and i go yeah i don't say that you know it's probably not a problem at all i said but let me ask you one question how old your son she goes well he's six Oh and I goodness. said, lady, you need to chill out. I said, uh, you don't need to do anything with your six-year-old son. <laughs> and I hung up. IMG's but where pro, where this pro guys 10 go. 10 years ago. This is where pro guys go to get their off-season workout programs in. And yeah. She's sending a six-year-old there. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Well, they got, you know, IMG's crazy with they got their own high school football team and i mean baseball team i know the guy runs the baseball side but yeah i think that is the downside of what we're seeing and it's been coming for a while and i think it's what happened to you and what happened to medlin and and beachy and a lot of guys that we're seeing from the tommy john perspective Mm. i think a lot of that has started maybe not your case but a lot of that started with these guys when they're 10 11 12 years old and they're asking them to specialize and be pitching and, and doing a lot of stuff right and 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 it and the effort level and that and all the the showcases and all that kind of stuff start is starting so young and we keep wondering why the health of our kids why they can't pitch you know without tommy john past high school right. whereas when i was playing if one guy on your team had tommy john that was a lot right and now it's probably at least three four five guys if you haven't had tommy john yeah you're you're yeah. in <laughs> the minority right. like that's right that's yeah it's i mean for me it was. I think the problem with me is that I, I, it was just such a big shock to the system for me. I went from from playing beer league baseball to mm. all of a sudden I'm playing every single day. I'm playing catch every day. I'm pitching every other day. So my arm wasn't used to it, and you know I wasn't. Um, I guess I didn't. I didn't really take care of myself a little bit. I didn't take care of myself well enough in that off season leading up to my first time mm. in John. Um, so that's my fault, and I take full responsibility for that. 
Well, that's certainly days. that's that's a rarity. I mean, usually right. that doesn't happen in the states. You grew up probably with soccer and cricket and all right. these other things, where that's not the case here. Right. It's the other extreme. Right. Yeah. Well, um, the second one, again, I take full responsibility because I was fat. I went into spring training with Astros and I was fat, <laughs> and. I hurt my foot leading up to it and I was putting extra weight and too much weight on my landing foot and it caused me to change my mechanics mm. and my mechanics went and my I've got a photo on my phone where I've got side by side from the year before mm. with and then that year in spring training and my arm angle was about eight inches higher and I changed everything I changed everything about my mm. mechanics and I was a week away from making the team mm. and then I blew out so yeah that was another isn't it crazy how as a as a pitcher you you thrive on a routine you know and it's just your body gets acclimated for doing something and then all of a sudden you change it just a little bit i've seen i've heard stories and seen guys who've been hurt Mm. you know where they pull a hamstring or i even know one guy pete smith who played with us got hit yeah you know he got hit in the head and he kept pitching and after that, he t- his rotator cuff tore. He never knew how he did it, and it was something happened after he got hit in that same game that tore his rotator cuff when he kept pitching because he altered something. It was really weird, but it's amazing. Like you said, you, your arm angle changed, and all of a sudden your body is not used to that, right. and then and then you tear something, you know. And that's that. I've heard that story over and over again. Yeah. I know I did that where I changed something in the off season, thinking I was going to be try to make myself a little bit. better better next thing you know I end up with tendonitis and that ends up tearing my you know I get a rotator cuff tear so right. it it it's just interesting how that how that happens you know pit there's such a fine line between too much too little right. changing stuff being in the right arm slot there's, um, there's so much video now too that you, you can sort of it wouldn't last longer than a couple of outings for guys now, I don't think, because they can see it and they can look at it and go, well, well I felt different, you know, let's right. go look at it. Yeah. They can break it down with all kinds of different camera, camera mm-hmm. angles now. So I don't think anyone feeling out of whack would last longer than, than a couple of days now. But Well, I, call, I talked to Perry uh, Manesian the other day. This was probably, well, it was probably about a month ago. And I saw him downstairs in the Delta Club and I just said, hey, um, I noticed something about uh, Mike Soroka. Mm. I said, he is given, he's tipping one of his pitches. I said, I noticed that he's really Really, you know, him and Fulty, they try to really move their gloves right. to, to hide a pitch. And I guess, I guess, instead of doing it once every four times, if they think they do it every time, then it won't. You know, whatever you need to do, you need to be consistent, right? Mm-hmm. So I noticed on the changeup, he wasn't wiggling, but then to hide the the. The, the glove he would try to trick him and then with the fastball he would wiggle right right, right. so it was just, but as you know when you get in the game sometimes you don't realize that and i said i just wanted to let you know 10 people may have told you this but i just want to let you know i saw something last night while he was pitching and he and he was giving away his changeup on uh, at least six times that i saw that mm. i counted and he goes he goes yeah he's been he's been known to do that we actually have somebody that goes with him over goes over with him every pitch after the game just to, to see to break down all those things wow. because he's had a tendency to do that yeah. he said but thanks for letting me know but but we do have a guy that goes over that with him it's crazy how paranoid you can get to because <laughs> I, I every single time I'm on the mound I think I'm tipping pitches especially mm-hmm. if you give up a hard hit ball that shouldn't have been hit you're like oh he must have known something there's no yeah, way you can right. hit that like I, I must be up tipping on the scoreboard yeah, yeah. I'm a, I must be tipping my, my stuff's way too good to get hit that hard <laughs> um, but yeah it's and I would go back and watch video too mm-hmm. but there's people like Chase Utley who used to do it mm-hmm. Chase Utley would sit on the other side in the bench and just watch the pitches especially when he was with the Dodgers and he wasn't playing as much that's what his job was he'd sit there and he'd watch it TP was really good at it too 
<clears throat> these guys that that can just pick up the the most minuscule minute things and you, 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 there's no way you can feel it, but if, if, but they can see it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. How do you how do you keep your sanity then? If that's the case, I mean, how do you keep going out there? How do you block all that out? I mean, that that seems like it would it seems like it would drive me nuts. So how how do you how do you deal with that? Um, for me, I was just hopefully you got in a, you got in a run and you started to forget about it. Um, pitching's all about confidence, and if you get a few good outings in a row. It doesn't matter who's in the box for me. <laughs> right. How was so the you had the experience in the Czech Republic this summer? Is that something you think you'll do again next no. summer? Or that that was it. That was just, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was just trying to get myself ready for the Olympics. Okay. Um, the Olympics is next year. We've got the uh, Olympic qualifying tournaments in October. So yeah. Um, How's it looking? It's going to be so hard. There's only six teams, and Japan's already in. So there's only five spots left. Um, Will the but, U.S. take pro guys? They're still doing that? I think they're allowed to take AAA guys. Oh, AAA. Yeah. <clears throat> no one on f- any 40-man rosters, I don't think, because um, it's supposed to be amateur, which right. I don't understand how the NBA guys can go and play, but the MLB <laughs> guys can't. Like, yeah. Well, that's AAA always... guys aren't amateur. Right, but, but there's surely the NBA guys would have been able to just pick a pool of college guys. And or... the Japanese guys, I'm sure they're getting guys out of the Japanese no. league. No? No. Do they even have a minor league system? Yeah. Oh, they do? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. All right. So uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on with you uh, right now from a broadcasting standpoint. Okay. So I saw your schedule. You've got a lot of work that you're doing with do. Fox pregame and postgame. Is that something you've always wanted to do or no, it just kind of came not. up? <laughs> um, it's, uh, it, it's, it was something that, that I thought about, but I didn't think it was going to come this quickly. And they sort of approached me and said, hey, would you be interested in doing it? And I was. So uh, first couple of games were, were, were fun, and then you sort of get into the rhythm of it. Mm-hmm. And then um, – um, but it's live live so there's no cough buttons there's no nothing um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's loud out there huh it's loud uh, <laughs> the, I, my first and the sound guys are probably going to crush me for this but my first uh, my first ever sitting down with the live camera on I lost all sound in my ears and I was talking to Tom and Chip, and they were asking me questions, and, and I couldn't hear a word they were saying. Oh, no. So I'm just kind of smiling at the camera, and, just, and just, I look like a complete nuffy, not answering any questions at all. Um, so that was interesting. Pete, um, we can't do sign language. You can't see right, us. Exactly. God, so right. what? So what is uh, what is the biggest thing you've learned so far in in the broadcasting side of uh, of the business? What's been the biggest shock? I guess. Um, it's the ability of people people that have been doing it for so long to effectively say the same thing over and over again in different ways. So um, that's the hardest thing for me is that, is that you know, when, you, when I get asked a question in the clubhouse, I can answer it just, mm-hmm. and I've got 45 seconds to answer it. I don't have to get back and ask the same question the next day or the day after that or the day after that. You know, it, it changes. Whereas in broadcasting, you're often going over the same things and trying to find different ways to say it. And that's been the hardest adjustment for me so far. Make it seem fresh. Right. When I mean, especially a team that's, when you think about every day, you got, you're following the guys and you're you're trying, you might be. And you try to stay positive as well. You know, yeah. it's not, you can't. You, you, I try and stay positive and fair. If that, yeah. Have you felt, sense. have you felt the tension there? No. Um, at all. I know. I know. I'm talked to BJ and those guys about it, and it's it's tough sometimes. It is tough to stay positive sometimes, but um, you know, I was in that clubhouse last year, so I, I can give a, a personal account or personal stories, and I'm trying to I'm trying to give opinions that they can't look up on the internet. Mm-hmm. 
is the biggest thing. Yeah. That's well, you definitely have a fresh perspective of just being in there, knowing right. some of those personalities, and um, you know that's what people want to know. I mean, right. they they don't. You know, anybody can talk stats. Anybody can talk about you know and project what they think is going to happen to this team. Right. And, but uh, got to be careful too. You got to be careful with. Yeah. Uh, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to throw anyone under the bus, especially when it comes to to this this end of the the season where they're talking about playoff rosters and who's going to make it, who's not going to make it, and <clears throat> it's it's hard. Yeah, it's hard to. You know, you can have your opinion, but you don't want to. You don't want to throw anyone under the bus, right? So, so is this kind of a trial run for you right now? With I think so. Just, just, I know you've had. You'll end up doing what 20, 25? 25 games, and then I get to a couple of playoff games too. Okay. So see how you like it, and then I like it. I like it. So okay. um, I don't want to give too much away, but I'd like to come back next year. Okay, that's for sure. Well, yeah. good. Well, um, I'm, if it I'm doesn't sure. get in the way of the Olympics, obviously, right. right? Yeah, and you'll know that pretty quickly here in the first few months of the season. I will know that if we don't qualify in the Premier Twelves in November, um, I think there's another chance to qualify in February next year. But the Olympics are in July or August, so. Um, I don't know that we'll have a lot of lead-up stuff, so it might just be two weeks where I have to go to Japan and compete. But that's a lot of long time to stay in shape and keep throwing. And well, I mean, be look sharp. at me. I'm a, I'm a specimen. Yeah, but we don't want to hurt that arm again, right? <laughs> well, why not? I got, I got, I'm, not, I'm not saving it for anything now. Because you don't want to go. You don't want to go through all that again. <laughs> right, but I'm not. I'm not saving. That's what I said to. Uh, I said to the pitching coach the other day. I said I've got nothing to to save myself for now so it's not a lot of the times in WBC you know I have in, innings restrictions or if I go home and pitch in Australia I'm so oh, I can only throw every other day I don't want to throw every day but now it's like you know what if it goes it goes it's already been well, well let me just say this as an older you right so right. I'm 52 you don't want to have to you're going to deal with the effects of whatever happened to you right now for years to come and you don't want to have to deal with it because you're going to have a golf game at some point, and you don't want to have to deal with something that happens right now. Think it may not matter to you right now, but it will 20 years from now. Listen, <laughs> Let's put it that when way. I when I rehab my elbow the first time, golf was good for it apparently. So. Oh yeah, uh, there you yeah. Go. yeah. When I think about your career for you guys, if you're able to make it to the the Olympics, the the career. I mean, I know you're with the Twins first, and then went back back home, and then ended up coming back here in the WBC. But really, I think at least with Braves fans, we all came to know you first uh, in 2006 when you're pitching mm-hmm. for Australia, and, and the Braves ended up signing you. Uh, what a great way that would be to bookend a career to start really start got to really when mm-hmm. it got started at the the 2006 World Baseball Classic yeah. and to end it with the Olympics. I just got to think that's yeah, got to be, be awesome. that's well, a, that was, that kind of a dream. That was the end goal. Um, once I saw that Olympics was going to be back, uh, or baseball was going to be back in the Olympics, um, I set that as a goal. As I said, I wanted to play this year, which would have made it a lot easier to stay in shape. But um, I found a way to, to stay in shape despite not playing. And, and I've also found a way to hang around the Braves this year, which has been cool, especially with the amount of success they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, piggybacking from last year, mm-hmm. where I felt like I contributed very little on the field but you know we tried to try to keep the guys locked in inside the clubhouse um but yeah last year was frustrating holy cow last mm-hmm. year was frustrating for me personally but we'll go into that on another podcast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, there's no cow. no easy way to end a career i mean no you know, it's just but the frustrating thing was like i was like the two years before i had pretty good years and i was really excited to come back here and continue and then it just nothing just nothing fell into place last year it was just strange 
weird. Yeah. Mm. Well, one highlight from last year. I work at most home games in the in the press box, and so I see the anthem every day. And the one of the, the one of the ones that stuck out last year was when you were with the team and your wife sang the, uh, uh, the yes. national anthem. And yeah. I thought that was just so cool. The shot of you being on the field and your wife singing the national anthem. That has to be. She's got a heck of a voice. She, she does. She's done that a few times. Yeah. yeah so yeah. she but, loves it. Yeah. That I love seeing her doing it. Is she a professional singer? She or? was. Yeah. Before I dragged her away. And wow. <laughs> Gave her a beautiful life and uh, <laughs> took all the pressure off. No, she was gonna she was gonna uh, be a recording artist, but it just didn't end up being what she expected it to yeah. be. Where did you guys meet? Uh, she was actually singing. Um, she was singing at Wild Bills up in Duluth. Yeah, and uh, I went in there, and, and uh, there's a VIP room in there, and a lot of the artists go in there and sing, and and uh, yeah, I went in there and. She was there, and she heard me talk, and it was all over. <laughs> That's all it took, huh? That's all it took. Just said a couple of words, and next thing you know, it was over. All right. Yeah. So she must have been, she had aspirations of being a country singer? No. Oh, really? <laughs> That's okay. funny. Um, so she sings a lot of, like, Christina Aguilera and Adele and that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but when, this is part of the reason why she stopped, is that when she was recording, they said, well, in order for you to record, you have to sing country, because you're too old to sing anything else. Mm. She was 25 at the time, 26, I think. Goodness gracious. So, yeah. So she had to lie about everything, tell them that country's been the only thing she's listened to for her whole life, and it's just a bunch of trollop, really. Six-year-old yeah. baseball players are ranked. She's 26, <laughs> is too old to sing. Right. What is happening? I know. The, crazy. The world's falling stop, apart, guys. stop this. Cats and dogs yeah. living together. <laughs> yeah. This is just... Our pets' heads are falling off. All <laughs> right? It's just nuts. Uh, oh, it's funny. Well, I remember years ago, there was some talk of... Because your story is so remarkable, and most Braves fans, I think, know it by now of how you ended up with the Braves in the first place but there was talk of a, of a movie about your life or your journey from, uh, from from Australia to end up to where it ended up with mm-hmm. the Braves is that ever something that still gets talked about or, or was, you sure you gotta write a book at some point right it was gonna be I think a book's gonna come out yeah but um, the 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 movie's always been on hold depending on how it was gonna end we don't we didn't know the ending so um, excuse me the uh the Olympics would be a cool ending, mm-hmm. uh, and if that doesn't that if that doesn't happen, then I guess it'll have to be some sort of uh, media ending. But um, the story leading up to how I got over here has to be told, and mm. um, you know I get asked in interviews all the time to to retell the story, and it takes forever. But I <laughs> I do love I do love telling it because it's such a mm. cool story, um, and I know everyone who's probably watching this has already heard it, so I'm not going to go through it. But um, yeah, it's it's. It's cool to tell and it's cool to see people's reaction, but going through it back in the day was just Mm. insane. It was insane. Well, as your alumni director, we'll have to put together um, kind of like a a speaking program together. Well, just, just, you know, people are always asking me, you know, who do you have from a motivational standpoint? And Mm. so we need to capture a little snippet snippet of your story so that I can share that with them. And they may want you and then we can work on how do we get that into, you know, a concise 20 to 25 minute motivational talk or just your story because companies want to hear that. Cool. People. So we'll, that's something we can talk about in the future. As long as we can incorporate some sort of like phone book ripping and. <laughs> oh yeah, bending steel over my head too. Absolutely. We can do that too. Well, yeah. Who who's gonna play Peter Moylan in the in the the Peter Moylan movie? Who would or who would your choice be? Let me put it that way. Um, Russell Crowe maybe. The Russell Crowe could play this version. 
<laughs> this, there you go. This, uh, I don't know about the early version. Um, I'd probably play myself. There you go. What do you think? I think I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Some people uh, used to say, "Where's Wally?" Like I used, to, I look like the the character out of Where's Wally. Okay. Um, it's funny you say that because here it's it? Waldo. Waldo. Okay. And and yeah. but my son-in-law said the same thing down in New Zealand. It's Wally. Yeah. Everywhere else in the world, it's Wally. Here it's Waldo, and it's like, um, in like the game Clue is Cluedo. Well, you know, what, where did that come from? I don't know. Well, you know, did I, you hear that? You never yeah. played the game Clue growing up. Clue. What was it called? Cluedo. Clue. Cluedo. Cluedo. See, but yeah, it's, it's Clue the, here. It's the one where you got to find out who did the... Yeah, who yeah, done yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, where did Cluedo, Cluedo. come from? I, give me yeah. a Cluedo or give me a clue. All right, well, you know how you played baseball with Jack White with Billy Reed a couple yeah. of weeks ago, and his, he was there with his band, The Raconteurs. Yeah. In Australia, they are known as The Saboteurs because oh. there was already an Australian band that has the, I guess, the copyright or the trademark to oh, that name okay. over there. So when they tour Australia, they're The Saboteurs. So oh, okay. there's just another, another tidbit for you. Oh. You guys have... You guys change movie names, too. <clears throat> there's been certain movies that are... Uh, you know that one suddenly 30 oh or uh, 30 going on 30 or 3 going 18 30 going, going on 13 or whatever it is yeah, or something like that yeah yeah, it's, yeah the it's names change from okay. and in UK as well interesting so huh. I don't know if it's just it's a, to fit your market or whether it's mm-hmm. to fit the other market I'm not sure yeah huh yeah. Well, well one, we're one, so worldly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. We're, we're learning a lot. We're on the that. note. That's know, right. Yeah. So I know it's been pretty. It's been pretty early because you just retired. You just retired. But but if you look back over your career, I don't know if you've had time to kind of um, ponder this or meditate on it a little bit. But is there anything that you've learned that you feel like that um, is your big takeaway from? from your career, from pitching, being over here in the States, that's going to kind of propel your next part of your career. Or, um, you know, usually I encourage guys to take a year off, right. you know, and, and just to kind of let things settle down. And But, you know, you've jumped right into – of course, you're kind of – you're extending your career because you're talking about the Olympics. But, right. you know, now this broadcast thing could – I mean, you could immediately go right into that. Yeah. And there won't be any break for you. The biggest thing that I've learned is is – not to take anything for granted because <coughs> excuse me um, as you know you know my career has kind of been a career of two halves and the first four and a half years were so easy I guess everything just sort of fell into place and then to go from that to what essentially was a grind from 2011 to last year injuries and, and you know um coming back and and it's amazing to see the mindset of of teams change or their opinion of you change Mm -hmm. in 2011 and 12 i could have got a minor league job anywhere and then in 13 14 it you know drops down to three or four teams and it's like what happened you know i haven't changed that much for a pitcher but you know it's just you've got to you've got to really want it and you've got to do whatever it takes to to go and get it and I've learned that through two Tommy Johns and two shoulders and, and a back surgery it's just just over here. So um, it's also it also helps that I was still getting an offer, at least one offer a year. So someone was willing to pay me to to, to play. So um, but well, yeah, you experienced a cultural shift in the game of pitching. <laughs> so whereas there there was a premium on sinker ballers, mm-hmm. uh, so you become older. And you become uh, the opposite end of the trend, right? The trend's going towards 
high rate, you know, high spin rate, mm-hmm. uh, forcing fastballs up in the zone. Right. You're down here, so you you kind of were a victim of that cultural shift. And it's gone back the other way too now. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it um, will. I mean, you look at Eflin's start the other day. He he worked he worked down the zone, whereas for the whole year they've been trying to get him to to you know elevate and and dominate whatever they call it but <laughs> i don't understand i mean the launch angle thing i get it you know um the home run things i get it the ball's changing i get it but i don't understand how being effective down in the zone has changed i mean if you're down and they're trying to swing up isn't that mm-hmm. what you're trying to do I'm not, yeah. I'm not a pitching guru, but... Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked about it a bunch on the show. It really comes down to, because analytics have become so prominent, they basically said, if you look at the you look at the zone, which is like this now, this part right here, batting averages are 172. Mm-hmm. So just pitch there. Yeah, but well, if, the problem is this is a ball here. and this is a home run. Right, exactly. <laughs> Whereas we know that over the last 100-plus years of baseball, this has always been an out. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden they said, well, let's try this because there would be a lot of success because we don't have to worry about defense if they're popping the ball up right. or if they're swinging and missing. So I think that – I think, like you, like you said, I truly believe that – our two best pitchers are guys that pitch down here, right? And that's Soroka and that's Keuchel. So, and if you look at what Freed and and what you know Fultonevich are trying to make the ball move and go down now because they've seen the success of the other guys, and then Eflin and guys like that, and uh, even Nola, you know, Nola got got the ball up, he got hurt. He stayed down, he dominated. He got Acuna. That's right. <laughs> well, we know that the formula for success in Major League Baseball over the last hundred plus years has been location and movement. Mm-hmm. That's never going to change. But there was a little cultural shift, and I think it's going to swing back because what guys have found is that's very difficult to do right. on a consistent basis. Especially with a sinker. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right, well, last, thank you again for your time, Pete. Uh, just last question for me. Um, looking back on this incredible career you've had, is there one game or one moment that stands out to you above the, the rest that you're just like, that was, that was the day? If I had to pick one moment, that was it. That yeah, was my favorite. And, it, and it didn't have anything to do with me. It was when Hinsky hit that home run off Romo in the 2010 playoffs mm-hmm. and Turner Field was as loud as I've ever heard it um, and just the emotion that was my first playoff experience so uh, I had never felt anything like that before mm. and the the emotion of his run, run around the base with his, with his fist up in the air <laughs> you know this is a place where you would sort of had to act like you'd done it before mm. so that emotion you could show it, but it was, you know, kind of like, okay, yeah, you had your five seconds of emotion, now move on and let's... But, yeah, to see, to be a part of that was mm-hmm. unbelievable. That's cool. As you were saying that, I was just picturing him running yeah. with that mm-hmm. fist up in the air. Yeah. It's one of those... And, I mean, it was a wall scraper, too, but it doesn't matter. And it was... Yeah. A, I think we are down we we're down one nothing with a run on first or a mm-hmm. run on second, and pinch hit home run by Hinsky. It was huge. Yeah. It was, that was awesome. That was actually my first year here um, working with the alumni, so oh. I remember that well, and... Uh, it was kind of cool. I, I do have one final question for you, and as it relates to the team nowadays, uh, or the team right now, that do you see that this team has what it takes uh, to go all the way, or do you think we're still a piece or two away? The beauty of this game right now is that any team can beat anyone right now. You look at the Orioles, they've somehow managed to get 40-something wins this year, and they're a triple-A team. So um, I think if, if everything lines up, um, it's going to be tough to compete against the American League's teams, but I think we're a chance to get to the World Series. Um, I think we'll, I think we'll beat the Dodgers this year. Mm. Um, I think their time is about up, 
Um, their starting pitching isn't as good as it once was. Um, Hill's gone back on the injured list, I think. Uh, Walker Bueller's, I think, probably the number one. Kershaw's going to be Kershaw, but he's not the Kershaw that he was two, three years ago. And um, Ryu has been bad. And Ryu's been, yeah, exactly. You so never know if he's going to be there or not. But That lineup is good, but it's also pitchable, I think, too. Um, now you look at the Astros, who I think are the favorites in the AL. They're going to be tough. Mm-hmm. Verlander, Cole, Greinke. Mm-hmm. One, two, three. <laughs> uh, and then that three lineup. Ones. you got that lineup, too. <clears throat> yeah. um, there's no holes. One through nine. Tough place to play, too. We may get the advantage because I don't get to hit much, but, I mean, still. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough squad. Regardless of how it goes, I'm still replaying the Hensky moment in my head, and I'm like, it's just it's that time as we're sitting here. As we're sitting here recording this today, the Braves could clinch tonight, and I'm like, so that means the postseason is almost here, and yeah. it's, I'm already thinking of what are those moments going to be this year, and that's kind of what it's all Kuna's about. Kuna's Grand Slam, last year, Grand Slam cool. last year was just to yeah. be in the building for that was, I mean, the place was just shaking, and that's, mm-hmm. what, that's what it's all about. So I'm just, however it all turns out, uh, there's going to be yeah. some moments like that, and I'm fired up for it. Yeah, so well. tonight you could uh, be on the postgame show. I could be here for a very long time. Very long time. <laughs> yeah. Do you think you'll get to go down? Will you stay out on the stage or will you go? You won't go down the locker room no, at all? No. Okay. Raincoat. I'll have to wear a raincoat if I do. <laughs> Send <laughs> no. Kelsey down there, right? Uh, I think it's going to – Jeff, I think Jeff's going down there. Frenchie. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. Good. Very nice. Perfect. The guys will yeah. love to stuff. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, that will be, be awesome. Some Frenchie blues. Yeah. Perfect. There you go. Yeah, Very good. Go. Good. Well, we appreciate you joining us. Anytime. Hopefully I can stop sweating now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll bring a fan in so you yes. blowing on you the whole time. <laughs> Thank you, Peter. No, anytime, guys. <laughs> Our thanks again to Peter Moylan for joining us here on Behind the Braves. I'm hoping, as we're sitting here recording this, I'm not sure when it's actually going to be released. Of course, the the, the film portion, the interview portion, will be up on YouTube sometime next week. But at some point, uh, whenever this is released, I'm hoping that it'll be after the Braves have clinched. As we're sitting here, they can clinch tonight. It's We're recording this on Friday with Game 1 uh, with the Giants tonight. But uh, my hope is that we're going to see Pete out there having to work a very long night, <laughs> a post-game right. celebration uh, after the Braves clinch. Well, tonight. your thumbs are going to be tired from all your tweeting. I, you know, the tonight. thumbs, I've, I've been stretching them all day. See, I've been doing this. like a, My sister, the athletic trainer, has sent me some exercises yeah. to do to stretch out the You might uh, have to come up with a new um, parody tonight after they clinch, right? Yeah. Or, or Acuna may go 40-40. I mean, he's already got half of it. All so right. now he needs, what, three steals for the other 40? He's got he's 37? Away. Okay. Yeah. So he could do that tonight. That's true. I don't know who's pitching for, for the Giants, but um, is it Bumgarner? You know, I Big have no slow idea. lefty? That is a great call. Let me look. It is uh, – no, it's not Bumgarner, and I don't know how to – Samarja? No, it's uh, – Hopefully it's I'm a – ru- it's Bede? Okay. I'm, I, Whoever it is, I'm hopefully like they're really slow I really to don't the know plate. how to say his name, yeah. yeah. Well, who's been following the Giants all year? They've well, been out of it. You're right. So, I mean, yeah. why would we know anything about the Giants? You're right. They showed a little hope there in the summer, right around the trade deadline. The, yeah, the only reason why we talked about the Giants is because we were thinking that we might get um, – we might get one of their pitchers or two did. of their pitchers. And we did. Well, yeah, we did. But yeah, there wasn't the one we were – we got <laughs> Melanson, but it wasn't, wasn't the ones that we were thinking about. It right? all worked out. Yeah. It all worked out. Well, yeah. we couldn't be happier with where we are from a bullpen standpoint. Yeah. And I told somebody last night during the game, I said, we have not talked about the bullpen in a month. 
I know. That is awesome. That's what you want. You don't want people to be talking about your bullpen. You want them to be talking about your offense, your starting pitchers. That means the bullpen's been doing their job. And, and of course, we know who's pitching the seventh, we know who's pitching the eighth, and we know who's pitching the ninth. And that couldn't be any better situation than for our bullpen. So, You poor relievers. It's like it's like umpires and offensive no, linemen. The, yeah, only, time, right. the only time anybody talks about you is when things aren't when going When there's well. a flag thrown. Yeah. Oh, I like <laughs> watching. That's right. Well, I, it's, <laughs> it's been good. Watch Chris Martin come in in the seventh, Shane Green in the eighth, Melanson shutting it down the ninth it's Man, I, they, I have settled, they have settled it down haven't they it's been great and it's led the other guys it's taken a lot of the pressure off the other guys to find their if you know too. you only got to pitch um you got a six inning game at that point yeah right That's get it. your one run two runs get a little one run cushion and let the boys have in the seventh eighth and ninth and we got a we got a w so but yeah it's been great for um it's been great for this team to have that part of the team settled. You know what's going to happen. You know the starter has to go six innings. It's great if he can go seven, but if he can only, if he goes six, then they got it covered from seven, eight, and ninth. And and yeah, let's get you know Ronald go forty forty. Mm-hmm. Get that behind us. He don't have to worry about that anymore. And now we can focus on. I think the team's focusing on finishing the the season well, but we need to get Ronald you know, pass the whole three steals, get him do get him to do that tonight, then he can start focusing in on what he needs to do and you have to worry about that that on his back anymore i like uh, i like peter moylan's confidence about uh, us potentially taking on the dodgers and defeating the dodgers this yeah. year of course you got to get there first and we don't know sure. we'll probably face looks hey, like probably the cardinals, cardinals are know. as hot as anybody uh, jack right flaherty now. is uh he is having a heck of a year heck of a second half so it's the cardinals no have done that a number of times if you think about them they're a veteran team and then they get there and they get hot at the right time and you know that's what it's all about. So I don't think, I don't think you can overlook them at all. And and look what the Brewers are doing. The Brewers are getting hot at the right time. So it is going to be very very interesting to see what happens in the one game wild card uh, playoff, and then what happens who we play, you know who the Dodgers play, mm-hmm. um, because it could be the Brewers, it could be the Cardinals, and you know because who's going to win the Central? Because right. teams are getting hot right at the end, and they all got to play each other, right? Just like we're having to play our division, they're playing their division. It'd be, it's going to be very interesting. I love this time of year. I love that we're about to clinch and that we're, we can kind of sit back and watch everybody else's and just kind of see how the pieces fall into place. Um, but I'm ready. I'm ready for that for October baseball. It's almost here, mm-hmm. so I'm excited. Too. Uh, our thanks again to Peter Moylan for joining us. He, he was one, We're talking about bullpens. He was a guy for a long time in Bobby Cox's bullpen, and then after Bobby retired even, that uh, he could rely on every night to come out there. And if you needed a double play, needed a ground ball, needed somebody to pitch the seventh or eighth or whatever, mm-hmm. Peter was that guy. So it was nine great years, him. nine years with the Bravos. Long, long that's a time. long time. That's a heck of a long time, especially for for a relief pitcher. That that says something about uh, him as a player and as a person that they that uh, he would want to be back and that the team would want. Yeah, back, you so. bring a guy back twice. That tells you that uh, what the organization thinks about him. That he was definitely a guy that you wanted in your clubhouse. Absolutely, and a guy that uh, that went to the post. Absolutely. We look forward to, hopefully this is the first of many Peter Moylan appearances on Behind the Braves. I think we'll definitely have him on again. Looking forward sure. to that. Be sure to watch Pete on and the rest of the crew on Fox Sports. As hopefully we'll watch them in a post-game uh, clinch celebration tonight. If not tonight, tomorrow. But it'll happen soon either way. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, our thanks again to all of you for listening and rating, reviewing, subscribing Behind the Braves on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Braves.com slash Behind the Braves. If you're watching us on YouTube, a lot of the episodes 
episodes are available on there on the Braves YouTube channel. We appreciate you checking us out wherever you check us out and for uh, spreading the word about the show. So for Greg McMichael, I'm Ricky Mast. We'll see you next time on Behind the Braves.